You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome back to the next episode of Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. We are burning the midnight oil tonight. Guys, I have an anecdote. <laughs> All right. Well, I otherwise I would not have known, so I'm glad you said it. That's exactly why I said that. Um, we missed a week recording just for uh, a few weeks ago by the time this comes out. Um, just, I don't know how to put it. I don't want to say it's an excuse that we missed it, but uh, I had two deaths in the family. My grandfather passed away, and he was 94 years old and, you know, lived a long life, was in World War II and all that stuff. And exactly a week after that, on my mom's side, um, my grandmother passed away. She lived down in Florida, and um, she was 85 and a veteran also. But uh, Michael and I, this was our grandmother, we had to, uh, we had to make a quick trip to Florida and uh road trip road trip so long time listeners of the podcast might remember a, a human <laughs> being named michael yeah he was illustrious i think he something called himself, like that so. a human being yeah, we used to have four human beings on this podcast <laughs> but one couldn't cut it so the re- what's the nwa lyric I'm afraid one, to guess one. <laughs> one couldn't cut it, so now we're a trio. Or what, yeah, there's some lyric, uh, Ice Cube, uh, there's the whole thing. Michael's the Ice Cube in this situation. Yeah. I'm sorry, this was a too somber of an anecdote. <laughs> no. I'm apologizing. No. Very late at night. <laughs> yeah, very late at night. But no, we had to we had to go down for the funeral. So it was. we decided it had to be a very quick trip. So we were just going to, we were going to drive down, and I got a hotel that night. And then we were going to go do the family stuff and the funeral stuff. And then we were going to turn right around and come right back to Ohio. So we had about a 13, 14 hour drive on our way. And um, it was good though. Michael and I hadn't, you know, we're busy. We're all busy. We have lives and stuff like that. And we don't get to spend as much time as we used to, um, you know, back when he was podcasting and stuff like that. So I was, you know, I was like, well, this will be cool, you know, whatever. So we, we have a nice drive down. My mom, you know, she was in the back seat. She came down uh, with us. And uh, we got down to Florida. And uh, started with five, and yo, one couldn't take it. So now there's four because the fifth couldn't make it. The numbers even now I'm leaving. We're never getting took by a Michael with a weaving. <laughs> <laughs> so we get down to Florida and we, you know, we basically, we found a nice restaurant to have dinner at and then we hit the hotel and we just, that was it. We were out. It was a long drive. But the next morning we got up and and uh, we we had to check out of the hotel and we're all dressed, you know, ready for, to go to the funeral and services and stuff. And um, we're in Michael's car. Michael's driving. And where we had parked the car was basically... 
uh, towards one end of the parking lot, and right next to us is an entrance, an exit to that said parking lot. So Michael backs up, you know, just like normal. We're, we know where we're going, funeral homes right down the road. And I look over, and all the way down at the end of the parking lot, there's a guy. And he's a big dude, white guy, very tall, lanky, and he's waving and jumping up and down like crazy. And I, I made the comment, and I'm like, what is up with this guy? And all we had to do was just turn and exit the parking lot. But then you'd never know. But Michael, being Michael, focused in immediately. And I could see it, a little switch in his head, like, what's that about? And the car starts moving forward in a straight line instead of turning to exit. (laughs) And I'm like, and I say to him, don't you do it. (laughs) Don't. What? What are you... Why? Why? But Michael being Michael, he, you know, he has this thing in his head like he thinks he can help somebody he, out. He wants to save the world. Right. So we, here we are. We roll up. And next thing I know, before I can say any more, his window's down. The guy's... I guarantee this person's worse off by the time this is over. Yeah. Well, I don't... <laughs> he's hanging in the car. Great big guy. He's got an army hat on, and I don't mean like a standard issue military cap. I mean like a hat you would buy at like Walmart or Dollar General that just says army on it. And he leans over and he goes, uh, he goes, hey. And he pulls his shirt down, his t-shirt, way down. And he's got, his chest is all tattooed. And he goes, to pull it down to show us, he goes, I'm army. And we're like, great, right, great. And he says, just uh, tipped your cap, sir. That's my that's my brother over there. That's my truck. He is. We're out of gas. You think you could help us out? And before Michael can it utter, like a racket. Yeah, exactly. It's always that, right? Before Michael can get another word out, I'm like, we're going to a funeral. You know, he's oh well. Yeah, I'm really sorry. But do you have a gas can with some gas in it? And Michael's like. Uh, and I'm like, no, we're going to a funeral. He's like, well, you know, you got some money or something. You could help us out and get some gas. I'm, by this time, I'm like, go. Roll up your <laughs> freaking window and get out of here before we get murdered. <laughs> so, yeah. Michael almost got me murdered in Florida. Going to a funeral. By some faux army giant man. <laughs> With a tattooed chest that just said army on it. You can't it. just get a tattoo. Uh, to. Yeah, I no. Don't, there's got to be regulations mm. about that. <laughs> I'm sure that they made sure but it was I was just up. like, this, I, I hadn't had the experience of him for a while. <laughs> That's what it's like. And that that was, I was like. What this trouble is... could I get my life into? <laughs> yeah. Are there bad decisions to be made here? <laughs> <laughs> See, I assumed when he said he rolled his window down, his wallet would have been out already. Yeah, just well. A, just handing over whatever he had, but. Yeah, so other than that, the trip was good. Did you have time to visit the fabled toy mines of Florida? Boy, I really wanted to. I, I was teasing him. I was like, Michael, I brought some notebook paper. We can make some we can make some tools out. Maybe find go on a search for a Michael Knight figure. Like whatever. Cause Michael was he was really excited. He's like, I haven't been to Florida since I was like thirteen years old. I was like, Great, you know, here we let's go. And uh, we were, I got up that morning 
before the funeral, we were 66 miles from the Magic Kingdom, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I would have loved to have had a little bit more time, and, and we could have done something more, but it just wasn't in the cards. Man, that's kind of crazy that you were down there and didn't go to Disney. It, it was crazy. And my grandmother, she loved Walt Disney World. We used to go every year. They had a big RV. We'd drive down to Florida and camp at Fort Wilderness. And she loved, she loved Epcot Center. That was her favorite. So back then before the studios opened and every one time I remember we were, uh, that first trip to MGM Studios and we were right in front of the Chinese theater. My grandmother, she got all excited and I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. And because the park was like empty and look over and right across from us stood Donnie Osmond and she was all excited. A little bit rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) She she got her picture taken with Donnie Osmond that year. She was really excited about that. So. (laughs) Heck yeah. Oh Oh my gosh. Condolences to you. The podcast comes second to the life event. So we hope the fans weren't too put out by a, Slight, uh, I'm sure they slight were. delay. <laughs> there were some upset Jesse oh, out there gosh, that yes. week. So, yeah. so uh, we're right in smack dab in the Comic Con season. We've just had San Diego. Uh, we've mm. had a whole lot of news come out. We'll never be able to cover it all, so we'll try to get you a little bit. We'll start with TV. Oh, Lord. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, very run. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Aha. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Hmm. Well, this actually came out. Well, before Comic-Con, but we haven't had a chance to go over it yet, uh, CW released its fall schedule, so we know what nights of the week all our favorite CW shows are going to be on, except for Legends of Tomorrow. It was announced it's renewed for a fifth season, but they haven't announced when it's coming back. I assume it's going to be the mid-season replacement like it was last year. Yeah. They won't have as many episodes, but Sunday, October 6th, 8 p.m. Batwoman, 9 p.m. Supergirl. So Sunday night's going to be the girl power yeah, two we're gonna, hours. We're going to get um, Supergirl in pants. I'm wearing pants. Just getting some pants. I need do as well. We're rocking yeah. the bangs. Yeah. New look, new pants. Yeah. No Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no Where's sexy James Olsen. We got to get it. James Olsen. So old Jimmy, he's going away. James Olsen. That... There's a big cast on that show. It's fine. Yeah, they could lose the couple. And it said, uh, what's his name? Wynn is coming yeah, back. So he's going to replace. Uh, Wynn does not make up for Sexy James. James. Sorry. Yeah. It's going to drop the sexiness quota by quite a margin. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really That's sad. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be really sad when we can't play that bumper anymore. James. So whatever. It never stop. All right. So Sunday. that's the Sunday lineup. Tuesday, October 8th, 8 o'clock, The Flash. That's on its own night. Wednesday, 8 o'clock, Riverdale. <laughs> October 9th. You have until then before yeah. we get back to what's really important. Fourth season of Riverdale. So, 
The week after that, Tuesday, October 15th at 9 is Arrow. So Final fl- season. Flash premieres a week before. So on normal Tuesdays, 8 o'clock Flash, 9 o'clock Arrow. And then the week after that, October 21st, Monday at 9, Black Lightning. So it's basically Sunday, Batwoman, Supergirl. Monday, Black Lightning. Tuesday, Flash Arrow. Wednesday, Riverdale. So, yep. A lot of a lot of ground for us to cover, and some legends in there somewhere, and then legends coming in at some point. Did you guys see uh, Brandon Routh is going to reprise his Superman role? There, did you in see Infinite Crisis? There's a lot of new Burt Ward. Yeah, Burt Ward. Uh, I saw several things like that. So it looks like Crisis is going to have gonna, a multiverse. They're going to yeah. bring in people. I love it. Yeah. I, I I think he's uh, I think uh, the Brandon Ralph Superman is going to be the Superman they said from Kingdom Come. Oh, so I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Interesting. So, yeah, CW. Any TV there, Seth? Big Brother's back, baby. Whoa, what Mr. Teasley's been waiting to hear. Oh man, season twenty-one. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> Tom Green? No, that's Celebrity oh, Big Brother. I'm out. No celebrities. Yeah, that's it. You, right. you lost me. <laughs> yeah, back to a all new cast. You, I'd say you and Jared were really the other night. We yeah. went to trivia, yeah. and you got you, there was some heated. Yes. Like there's some problems with this season. There. It sounded like you guys were having some issues. We we were having some issues. I will say that it's got there's a glimmer of hope. His name's Cliff Hogg. You can call him boss, he said. There's a guy who's a, who's a super fan. Uh, I think he's like 53, which it's always bad to be the old guy in, in there because you they usually like to get you out of there right away. It's hard to fit in, but well, somehow he escaped the first week, um, and he's, he's making a comeback. But they... Uh, what we were complaining about, see, they tried to up their diversity by putting in some people of color, which is great. Problem is they don't do enough of it, so they're still in the minority. And I've always said the best seasons of Big Brother have no twists. The game itself is a classic. They have a perfect formula. If they don't mess with it, a lot of different things can happen, but they throw twists in that force things to happen, force people to team up, to create large alliances, and stay in them. They've created created this uh, thing where they can't come back, where the first three people that were voted out of the game stayed in the house. And by doing that, you never want to blindside anybody in your own big alliance because they're still going to be in the house and you have to deal with them. So instead, you vote out the outcasts, the minorities. It was quite... Also, with this twist, they put them in Cub Scout uniforms because it's kind of a camp theme. Put them in Cub Scout uniforms. Banish them to the upstairs of the house in a garbage room. 
what do you think kind of picture we're painting here, Jordan? Problematic one? Yeah. yeah. It was quite a scene this past Thursday night when all three of them were evicted from the house at once when this twist was over. And they had all of these people of color sitting there with Julie Chen. And you could tell she wanted to talk about it. Like she was, but she handled it well. She wanted to know whether, she wanted them to bring it up if it was a problem or not. Because I'm guessing, like in the house, you maybe aren't seeing it. You're, right. you're, you're too into it. You yeah. might not see the optics of it yeah. that an audience sees, and right. you're not getting every angle. So yeah. it may not have dawned on, I'm sure it dawned on them. But. Yeah, yeah. It definitely dawned on yeah. the people it was happening to. And, but they were very, they did not really want to talk about it. They said, you know, and quotes I've seen since then and in interviews, they, they're like, we don't really feel like any, there was a racial thing. It, it, they, and they, they're like, we would say something if there was. It was really, I feel, just a matter of comfortableness. And people just automatically go with their comfort. Even when they should probably try to actively not do that, they're trying to win a game. And they match up, and then they don't want to break out of this alliance. And it just turned into a bad optic. Did you ever watch the Joe Schmo show? Yes. I remember Joe Millionaire. No, no, this was the parody. <laughs> it was parody. a spoof of like Joe Millionaire. Okay. Where everyone on the show was an actor except one guy. Ah. And he thought he was in like a Big Brother house. And oh, things just got weirder like and weirder. And like he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. He yeah. thinks he's going crazy. It was amazing. I know, I don't even watch reality TV, I but the spoof of it yeah. was genius. So the first season was amazing. Tune back in for the second season. It might have been the second or third season. It wasn't as good, but it started with that exact thing. It was like a Bachelor-type spoof. And there's only one, or Bachelorette or whatever, but there's like one man and one woman there who didn't know they were mm. on a spoof show. And the first thing they did, like we're having a first night elimination. You have to eliminate like two people. Go. It's like, oh, the drama's so hot. And he immediately goes, uh, and he he eliminated the two black women. <laughs> And, like, everyone's looking around like, what's happening? Like, as this was a problem, like, right. ten years ago yeah. when that show was on, making fun of yeah. the mm -hmm. show's inability to portray minorities in right. the right way and have them advance and win these kind of games. Like, I don't think there, you know, there's, there's some stat, like, how many seasons has The Bachelorette been on or whatever? And like, million. there hadn't been a, you know, a, a, female of, right. you know, a female of color. Like, so, yeah, there, this has been a problem for a long time, and we've still not solved it. That's so funny. But that uh, the the alliance, the main alliance, has got like super cocky and ended up blindsiding some of their own people by who they voted out as, as the last person, which was Cliff Hogg, um, which is the older guy who's very he's one of the people that doesn't fit in type. And there's all so which I was you know the audience and myself usually lean towards liking those less you know you don't like the jock group that's always the big alliance you like these other quirky people and you want them to band together but they almost never do because they can't figure out they're not part of the big deal and they but anyway this one girl who's super annoying in the big alliance said oh this guy you know cliff's an engineer and he's going to be so good at competitions and have hand-eye coordination where she was getting this no one knows we're like you're crazy and turns out He's great. He he gets in this competition against the three other people in Camp Comeback, and it's like one of those where you roll a ball and you got to balance the thing and get it to the other end. 
And he just does it like the master of all dexterity. It was unbelievable to watch this you know, fat old guy do this. It was great. And then he turned around and came back in and won the head of household competition. And now he gets to do something. And so it's really the show's turning around. We've got a chance for some things to happen. The only problem is the twists they have are way too powerful and the wrong people have them. Anyway, what I will say is there's a, there's a guy named Tommy who is... I predict will win the whole thing. And I mean, uh, people are kind of on to him. They see that he's liked by everybody, but I just think he's he's got to ride through the first month with almost no resistance. And I think you know everybody likes him. Everybody recognizes how great he is, but they're probably not going to want to vote him out. And I think he'll probably win. Um, but it's it's turning around. Uh, so I, I have high hopes for the season. Um. We got to talk Yellowstone real fast, just because we did say, up there. Two of the weirdest shows on TV right. came back at the same time: yeah. Legion on FX and Yellowstone on Paramount. <laughs> two completely different shows, but both the most insane things you can watch. Yeah, uh, Yellowstone—it's old Kevin Costner show. You know, it's got some cows and roping and horses and that aesthetic. Rich cowboys is always cool and. <laughs> Yeah, I like that, but it's a, kind of a soap opery feel, you know, land land deals and everybody's gorgeous. And, and, you know, have people having affairs. You know, it's it's a soap opery action drama, a lot of kind fighting of thing. and yeah. things. But I was telling you, the most ridiculous character on TV is that plays Kevin Costner's daughter, who I thought laughed when she said a couple episodes ago she was thirty five and yada yada. I was like, you're not thirty five, you're. <laughs> 45. Beth Dutton. That first season, <laughs> I, you can't take your eyes off her. Every time she's on screen, like, yeah. something crazy is going to happen. Taking like, a bath in the horse trough. <laughs> getting in the horse trough, you know, like, just causing crazy trouble. And this season, they've cranked it up even further. Oh, yeah. She makes no sense. Every scene yeah. she's in, she's doing something that is absolutely insane and sticks out like a sore th- thumb but from the rest great. of the But it's great. It is like, amazing. <laughs> but, uh, she's stabbing West Bentley. I think he's going to have, like, a a freaking breakdown in real life just having to act with her uh, anyway it's crazy you should watch it um and what's going on legion i uh, gave up legion on this is the final season you gave up on yep. it i this again i would say i think i've said this in season one i don't recommend this show like no. i'm not telling you you should watch it i don't have a clue what's going on it's kind of amazing it's also makes no sense yeah. so if it's a know. balance there. It's how much of that you can put up with. I just couldn't. So this is anymore. you know the creator behind Fargo. So I, I gave it a chance. I'll give it every chance. I'll watch every episode because I trust Noah Hawley yeah. to do something interesting. Every episode, the visuals are insane. They do stuff with the camera. They do stuff with the lighting and special effects. The music, they drop in music cues that are amazing. They do weird things with the sound effects. Like It's just a gorgeous show to watch. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it adds up to anything. But we're finally kind of wrapping things up. The end of season two rubbed some people the wrong way. They kind of pushed David, the main character, who is Legion from the X-Men comics, Professor X's son, mm-hmm. with multiple personalities, it has crazy god-level mutant powers. And they kind of pushed him to be the villain. Where this whole we've had sympathy for him the whole series that he's been you know that the shadow king was in his head messing with him he's been oppressed his whole life he's been held down and we're rooting for him but someone with mental powers 
doesn't get his way can just make you do things, make you think things, change your mind. And it's like he's trying to take the easy way out of things. It's like this is not heroic. And they're forcing you to not like this guy and push him into being a villain. And we just had an episode that was a flashback to him being born. So we got a young Charles Xavier and Gabrielle Haller from the comics. And the time on this show is messed up. Everything, they dress like they're from the 70s. The technologies, old rotary phones. Like, it's just gorgeous to look at. But um, it kept the World War II backstory from the comics that his mom was in a concentration camp. So the timeline is messed up, but it's just, an you know, it was interesting anyway. But had literally one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. So his mother survives the concentration camp, meets Xavier in a mental institution because she's had nightmares her whole life. Uh-huh. So they have the baby, Charles, again, doing things psychics can do. Like, you kind of, is he, did she fall in love with him? Is he messing with her mind? We never quite know. But she's having these weird visions, and he's trying to, it's all, season three is all about time travel. I didn't explain okay. that. So David's trying to go back before the Shadow King attached himself as a baby and changed his whole course of his life. Because everything's been terrible for him. And the mother's having these weird visions because she knows something's going on. And David's trying to get back in time. So she's seeing, like, haunted visions of him from the future. So it's all weird. We hear the baby crying in the crib. And she comes up to it and it's laying face down. You see the back of his Uh head. And she picks it up and turns it over. And it's still the back of his head. Whoa. And she flips it over again. And it's like the baby has no face. And it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen on TV. I was just like, my skin crawled. It was yeah. so effectively done. But it did. It was just a cool thing that happened. Right. It, it, it didn't add up to anything. But I'm, yeah, I, this show's almost over. And I'm happy to have watched it. But I don't know that I'll ever go back and watch it again. It's just, it's just a good experience to have. And no real ties to the X-Men universe. Zombie like Plaza is still in there? Yes. Yes. That's why I stayed as long as I did. Yeah, she's very good. Uh, And some trailers. Comic-Con trailer. Actually, before Comic-Con, we had a trailer for the Terror colon Infamy. Did anyone ever go back and watch Terror from AMC? Mm -mm. This was the the British ships lost in the Arctic trying to find a a way to circumnavigate. So... It's an anthology, so we're not going back to the same characters. Season two, it's going to be ten episodes. Starts Monday, August twelfth at nine. This one's set in Japanese internment camps during World War Two. So it's a monster out of Japanese mythology. Uh, George Takei has a role in the show, which very oh famously, you know, was interned in one of these camps yeah. as a child. Uh, the main actor is named Derek Mio. And I even saw a clip of C. Thomas Howell on this show, and I love me some C. Thomas Howell. So <laughs> I'm excited to get, I'm excited to get a little C. Thomas Howell. But yeah, I went back and watched it. My brother Jared, it was his favorite show of that year, so it was it was really well done. I liked it a lot. So I and this one I think I'll like even more because uh, yeah, the British naval. St- I'm not a, a yeah. yeah that kind of history stuff isn't my isn't my bag, but I don't know. This seems timely. Yeah. Uh, We got a Watchmen trailer just dropped today as we're recording. Mm -hmm. We'd had a few little clips and teases, Mm -hmm. but this was a pretty long trailer. Yeah, this is the most we've seen so far. I'm still not sure I know what in the world is happening. Mm -mm. 
No, it's but got it went, pretty good. Yeah, look good. It's got Regina look, King. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. Kevin Costner. Don Johnson. Or, yeah. That's sorry. what you mean. Yeah. Flying, flying the... <laughs> flying the owl ship, wasn't he? Yeah, it looked like it. What's and uh, Dr. Manhattan is back. Yes, Arch, Archie. Archie the owl ship. Yes. That's it. Anyway, yeah, it looks... I'm, I'm in... It's so weird. Like, I don't... It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, and that's fine. I, don't, I said we don't need another adaptation. Like, no. A new interpretation. But yeah, it seems... The plot seem to be... The cops... Are being... You know, the cops are in danger. So the cops start wearing masks to protect their identity. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like a uniformed vigilante squad, right. it seems like. And that, right. I don't think, would go so well. So... Do, do either of you guys watch Baskets? Have you ever watched Baskets? I've seen a little bit of it, but I I, I know it's really good. And Louis Anderson and Louis Zach Anderson, Galifianakis. Still, I can't believe the show's still on. First off, but Zach Galifianakis is playing twin brothers Chip and Dale <laughs> Baskets. Chip Baskets, um, and the mom is played by Louis Anderson. And like you forget that it's a guy. Like, yeah, he plays this old lady so well and uh it's just it's not the greatest thing in the world but i can't stop watching there's something there i will watch that to the end it's so funny anyway we had a westworld trailer for season three sure did which we had a (laughs) teaser the end of game of thrones we had a teaser focusing on aaron uh paul aaron paul's character which didn't reveal a lot. This one didn't reveal too much. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. I can't tell you what's no. just looked awesome. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Just a you lot can of watch cool the show and not yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> That's, and I have, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, a lot of cool visuals, a lot of cool, like, oh, that guy's back. Like, yeah, so. Yeah. What's a good trailer should do? Just get you excited and not um, reveal too I'm much. Right. So. 2020. Are we, are we Westworld in that sucker? Or are we going episode by episode, tearing know. into it? We didn't last time. Didn't we? No. Nope. Yeah, we we waited till the end. Remember, because uh, you got caught up and we didn't oh, tell yeah. him. Oh yeah, that. we like surprised yeah. you. Yeah, he didn't know. We Let's were do that again. Let's okay. yeah. surprise everyone. You don't know. <laughs> all right, that's all I got for TV. Yep, me too. Streaming. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Comedians, Cars Getting Coffee just came out in the last few days. I watched the first episode with Eddie I Murphy. I watched the first episode today. These all, are all, all new interviews? Yeah. All new stuff. Uh, I don't know how many episodes there are, but he was talking to Eddie Murphy, and they were just loved each other. I thought it was a long episode. <laughs> yeah, it was 40 show. minutes or so. Did he put a banana in Jerry Seinfeld's tailpipe? <laughs> uh, somebody stole your battery. Um, no, but he was like talking about they did a lot of talking about how he hadn't done stand-up in forever and I and we heard the other day that there's uh, some talks of him doing stand-up mm-hmm. for Netflix so Eddie Murphy may be coming back doing some stand-up but it was yeah. just neat to see these two guys talk that's what the they, show is but to see these two great comedians that 
pretty much started out the same time in the same yeah. place. They, they both, were both yeah at a Chinese restaurant lounge. <laughs> played the same night. He still had like the flyer, and both their names were spelt wrong. <laughs> it was just like so funny that where they came from, and uh, it's good. I, I like I like comedians. So I like yeah. hearing all these stories and hearing them banter and say funny things because they're funny people. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching all that. Um, oh, if this is the episode about complicated race relations, I could tell you all about When They See Us. Oh, um, yeah. The Netflix show is about the the Central Park Five. Right. Uh, true story from early 90s, late 80s. I don't remember. When I watched it. You guys didn't, so I should I did probably. Not watch I should probably know. But yeah, this dropped, and a lot of people were talking about it. So we're we're a little late on it. Sorry, we didn't cover it right when it was timely. But um, created, and co-written, and directed by Ava DuVernay, uh, director of Selma, Wrinkle in Time. So uh, you know, very acclaimed director behind this. Executive produced by her, Oprah Winfrey, and Robert De Niro. So ton of star power. Everyone in this was nominated for an Emmy this year, so if you should, if you're gonna pay attention to the Emmys, you should probably watch it before the Emmy noms. Um, the kids were terrific. It plays you see them as young men when the crime happens, and it kind of tracks the court case, and then you see what you know some time in prison is like, and you get them as adults later trying to adjust to life on the outside. So, you know, each character is played by two different actors: a young actor and an adult actor, and. Mm. How is it, is it several episodes or is it a... it's see it's been a while uh, is it three episodes they're like an hour or more than okay, an hour yeah, like the last episode is like an hour and a half I was gonna watch movie. it yeah I think it's three but it's it's been a while since I watched it um but you know kid actors sometimes eh, but every one of these kids was amazing uh they're just terrific performances just some gut wrenching stuff and. It's hard to watch in places, but it's a true story. It's a, it's you know we're still dealing with this stuff in America today. Um, it does, you know, Donald Trump famously weighed in on this. He took a full page ad out in the paper, uh, calling for these kids to get the death penalty, and it talks. I thought a little too much about Trump because I don't know that he had that big of an impact back then. It would have just been a, oh, Trump said something. But, like, they're like, oh, I can't believe Donald Trump said this. It was like, no one cared what Donald Trump said back then. But it seems like kind of revisionist history a little bit to place more importance on his words. But it's just like, oh, yeah, he was a racist piece of Back then, too. (laughs) Uh, Linda Fairstein, she's a Manhattan prosecutor who you will immediately hate. Uh, this first movie she's played by uh, Felicity Huffman mm. and she came out we're already supposed to hate her originally. right yeah right. so yeah. she's yeah um, she's canceled too <laughs> she <laughs> she slammed it as quote so full of distortions and falsehoods as to be an outright fabrication so the villain of the movie didn't like how she was portrayed as being very villainy so she she said it wasn't true so um there's a little bit of, I think, what did I say? It was a Black Klansman I was talking about where my critique was that everyone was so racist. It was cartoonish. That there type, wasn't yeah. that fe- there wasn't that feeling of connection because uh-huh. no one's like, well, I'm that racist. So, right. like, when the cops are so over-the-top racist, right. 
you don't see it in yourself and like, wow, have I ever done or said something right. like that? It's so, more the subtle things that yeah, people might so, be, hey, I say that, am I? Right. And they portray the kids as, you know, the, he was just going to band practice. He was carrying a trumpet or whatever. Like, and because that is the first thing that happens in current times, sadly enough, when a young person is, you know, maybe shot by the police or whatever, it'll come out, oh, he had a criminal record or he, he was shoplifting or he did that. And it's like, that shouldn't matter. You shouldn't be gunned down in the street, but that's a way to do that. So I would, I thought if they had portrayed these kids as a little less than angelic, right, you could yeah, make that yeah. argument again of like, this doesn't matter. They could be terrible kids. They don't deserve what happened to them. So uh, there was a little bit of, it seemed like a little revisionist history just to, to make things cleaner, right. to make it good versus evil that maybe could have been gritted up a little bit, but you know, we just, it's an important conversation we're still having, and it was it was an excellent an excellent series. If difficult to watch in places, right. especially the prison scenes, and you know, it's not the typical kind of prison movie, but it's it's just the what isolation does to you, and what no hope, and what just you're just cut off from the world, and then when you get out. Felons can't get jobs. Felons can't, you know, you know, they couldn't connect with each other because felons aren't allowed to right. hang out with each other. So, like these five kids who shared this life-changing experience couldn't get together and talk about it. And like, so what do you do? You can't get a job. You can't get a place to live. Like, you're still in prison. So yeah, uh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> if you feel if you feel like feeling bad, yeah. give watch it a this. watch. Wow. Yeah. Did you guys ever see Six Feet Under? Mm-hmm. HBO show was like uh, it was one of the first big HBO dra- dramas that was a big hit. Uh, pe- a lot of people binged it over the last several years. It's known for having one of the best endings. Like people say, that's the like so many. Times. Never seen an episode, but I know how it ends. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it ends, but all I've ever heard is it's got one of these great endings. Yo, you'll love it. Trust me. I can't wait. <laughs> great. <laughs> Well, the least I can do is watch it. So I plan on. Uh, I've I've watched almost two seasons now. I don't love it though. Like I think there's five or six seasons, and it's like I'm. I just want to watch it so I can see what this great ending is. <laughs> All I know is it better be great because the show drags a little for me. So I don't know if it's going to be worth it. I was curious if anybody. I was hoping somebody'd say, "Yeah, it's worth it." <laughs> All right, let's get to it here. Yeah. What's the meat here? The meat is Stranger Things Season 3. We're not kids anymore. I mean, what did you think? We're just going to sit in my basement all day? Play games for the rest of our lives? about that yet uh, come out on july 4th on netflix and we are going to talk specific plot points so we will spoil it this is the last thing we talk about so if you haven't seen it yet that's weird bookmark it come back later 
thanks for tuning in previously. But if you have seen it or are curious about it, we're going to ruin the we're going to ruin it for you. We're going to ruin everything about it. <laughs> so normally a Halloween show. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, took a different approach. It's in the fall. This time the kids are out of school. We're in the July. They're aging in real time. Yeah. yeah. Very quickly. Just think how old they're going to look next time. Which I saw an interesting theory that a year or so from now is 1986, which is right around the time Chernobyl happened. Yeah. So that might tie mm. into oh, strange Russia. dealings in yeah. Russia. Makes sense. Cover did, did, you guys watch, you, did you watch Chernobyl? Yeah, uh, like HBO. I have, yeah, I've my wife watched it. I've not seen it. It is getting it. rave reviews, and it's really good. I watched but the first is, episode, and then I haven't renewed my HBO. It's terrifying. It's yeah. It's pretty, it was pretty dark. Like I was just like, ugh. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, yeah, I could totally see that happening. That fan theory no that's nothing that official. makes sense yeah. though it makes sense yeah so in the summer of 85 hawkins indiana's uh the new star court mall has become the focal point of the town driving other stores out of business sheriff jim hopper is back he's conflicted over 11 and mike's budding relationship three inches uh while joyce considers moving out of hawkins Poor mike <laughs> for better <laughs> for better prospects leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with Hopper in the air. Uh, Did strange, you write all this? No. No, we put it something out. Strange fluctuations trigger Will's awareness. He's not doing his NPR voice, so I thought maybe uh, it was a Cliff original. Yeah. Of something otherworldly and 11 and Max since something is off about the town's residents despite already having close the portal in season two there you go all right so this we like this show right i love this show season one we I adored like the show. yeah we I were excited about season two we're still excited yes. about season three so we were really looking forward to this right yes yeah. right. i liked the first season i liked the second season not so much this season no i i mean i just don't want to i'm not going to say i loved either of those seasons so I'll reserve. I mean, am I supposed to say that? I liked this season. Okay. I didn't love any of the seasons. I liked all three. I could have done with a few more episodes of the season. Been okay. I thought it was too short. I what I remember the message I sent you guys. It was like I want this to be over so bad, and it was just because I was binging it. I was like, it gets monotonous. I watched it faster than I normally watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can see both ways. Like, I wanted more because mm-hmm. it, seem, it seemed like we weren't at like we were only at a couple locations. Yeah, and like <laughs> the first episode, I thought my only hope for this is that Steve wears that uniform all eight episodes. <laughs> That's all I, I was like. I hope he never changes out of that, and he didn't, and it was great. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was very contained. It was very mm-hmm. short in a in time. Yeah. Yeah, and we have. Pretty much through most of the story, we have specific groups. So you have the Scoops Troop. We've got Steve and and um, and Dustin and Erica, which is Lucas's little sister who has an expanded role. And then um, what's what's Robin. the name? Robin. The Maya Hawk. Hawk. I was, yeah, I was gonna say the Hawk Girl. Ethan I Hawk, Hawk and. Girl. Who- <laughs> Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah. And I didn't know that till like the seventh episode. Mm. 
So I watched the whole, almost the whole series. And I was like, oh, okay. She was very good. She yeah. acts. Mm-hmm. She's a better actor than any of those kids. <laughs> and I, I, I thought like I didn't like her character. Like I, I, yeah, she was good, but I thought okay, this is gonna be the typical love interest. Yeah. He's gonna win. Oh, he's a douche, but he's gonna win her over. Da da da. And that didn't happen. And I thought, wow, that and and she gets a good moment there at the end to yeah be a different kind of character that I I like. Yeah. And then we had um, I did not like ooh. Erica. You can't spell America without Erica. You didn't like Erica. And again, I specific, I, rem- I remember conversations that we have in yeah. this room. And I know at least one of us said, boy, I wish Erica got more screen time. And yeah. I thought, oh, what have we done? <laughs> she yeah. was nails on a chalkboard to me. Like, mm. she was so funny last season. And, like, every minute she was on screen, I was like, shut up. Stop talking. You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then we had most of the kids... Um, with Mike and Lucas and Will. He's marking off all of his Erica yes. praise. Ahoy, all hands on deck. Ahoy. Okay. Come on. <laughs> just I mean, pin here. Don't tell me if I'm wrong, but I just. Uh, no, um, she was. I don't know. She wasn't integral to the story. Yeah, it just felt. It felt like. Uh, People fan, loved her last fan season, service. so let's give let's give yeah. him more of sassy Erica. Yeah. yeah. And then Eleven and Max, along with the other boys, and then you had Joyce and Hopper. Um, Hopper was... This was Hopper's story. This was all about him and his awesome Magnum P.I. <laughs> shirt. Oh, that that's... Yeah, starting out watching Magnum. and Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a great intro. It's cutting edge. <laughs> cutting edge fashion. Um, but the... Uh, Hopper and Joyce team up with uh, with a Russian and uh, and then the reporter that from the last uh, I can't think of his name at the moment from the last season two Murray Murray yeah yeah Brett Gilman yeah had the freaking Terminator after him (laughs) yeah yeah just when you think it can't get any more 80s we get a a guy that looks like the Terminator and he's Russian (laughs) because it's always the Russians I thought that's kind of silly but like yeah what better villains are there yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah so there's happenings in Hawkins with um, the Russians have a secret base underneath the mall I didn't get any that was happening. I don't care. I like. I'm not. Yeah. To me, that felt like it's like okay. Like I, I mean, I felt like that was. Were. I felt the whole point of that they created that whole thing around this Facebook thing. The Facebook of the '80s was the mall, and the Russians are underneath mm-hmm. it all, messing with us. That's exactly like their Facebook metaphor. <laughs> I was like, this thing felt really obvious to me. I was like, it doesn't make any sense, but they're just going for that. Well, yeah, a lot what, of stuff yeah. in the eighties, and, and, and besides, the visual of the the mall was yeah, you know, it's all about nostalgia on that show, right? Right. Yeah, and they had a great set, and it's like they spent so much time there. I'm glad, I'm glad it was such a neat looking set because the whole show took place at the mall, basically. Yeah, yeah. So Steve is working at an ice cream store, ice cream and, scooper, Steve. Yeah, a great line where uh, Dustin comes back and. and and Robin says, "How many children are you friends with?" <laughs> so 
Um, so where I can't remember. I know you hated Nancy. What was your What was your yeah, favorite no, name, Steve? I thought you loved Nancy. No, no. He, he hated Nancy. You love Nancy. I like Nancy. I could not stand Nancy or Steve in season one. Yeah, or two. You, you did not like Steve because either. it was all their fault. You never got over Barb. I never got over Barb. <laughs> Nancy and her stupidity got Barb killed. Yeah. Well, now it's Susie's fault. We can blame her for everything. <laughs> right. Right, but this was a, this was actually the first season where I liked Nancy, and that was such a dumb storyline. Steve, somewhat that didn't pay off in the end. I have a real problem with this. It didn't pay off in the end. Their right. Story. What was the point of Nancy's of story? Investigating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The point. She's a freaking supposed to be a journalist that goes to this place, and it's like this total like just cookie cutter. Don't pay attention to the girl, yada yada, chauvinist yeah. thing. They all got killed, so she wins. Yeah, yeah but the whole life. point, I thought, because at the end, isn't it all written up? Like, don't isn't at the end they were like wrote about this or something? Mm-mm. What I what I forget exactly how it ended, but it didn't. It is. There was like a report about it or something, right? What am I remembering? I don't know if there was any payoff to her journalism. Right. Yeah. Sure should have been. Yeah. I thought whatever was written should have been written by her. Yeah, like, that would have been, like, the whole point of her story. Although I very much like there was a scene between her and boyfriend, Will's brother, Jonathan, Jonathan um, of, you know, they have an okay relationship. They have a small town thing mm-hmm. of, like, they wouldn't normally get together, but, you know. Um, and that thing of her trying to explain, you know, me being a woman at this place is terrible, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't see the way she's being treated, but she also doesn't see the way he's being treated as mm-hmm. like, you know, lower class has no money. Like they sort of were privilege out there. They don't recognize each other's privilege, and that, that was a really smart yeah. scene of like. The grass is always greener, kind of thing. It's like, well, I'm having a really terrible. It's like, well, so am I. And they're not communicating to each other. It's just they're trying to out sad each other. Um, yeah. So basically, we get um, a big part of the story is Mike and Eleven, our boyfriend girlfriend, and you know, Mike is spending a lot of time over at uh, Hopper's cabin and Hopper, you know, being the adoptive dad now, um, she's really, we see how she's filled that void in his life, um, but he's having issues, you know, she's got a boyfriend, what are they doing? They're spending all this time together. Um, And he really starts to develop a disdain for Mike. <laughs> probably deserved. Right. Probably mostly deserved. And because Mike's kind of a pompous ass this year. Um, you know, he, he just is. And yeah, we have to go on separate missions um, roughly to <laughs> to learn more about the monster this year, which is made out of melted people that Billy is ga- gathering. Oh, Billy. You guys hated player. Billy, too, didn't you? Yeah, Billy sucks. Oh, Billy's the best. 
Jared like Billy, as I remember. Billy is a dirtbag, yes, dirtbag ever. <laughs> and then the other group is off to... They're trying to discover what's going on with the Russians. And uh, they get uh, Mike... Or uh, not Mike. Um, the Scoops troop infiltrates the Russian base and Robin and... What's the guy's name? It's really late at night. Steve. Steve. Get captured um, and interrogated, and Dustin and Eric have to break them out and discover what they're doing, trying to open up the portal again. Which is all very silly of like this highly guarded. It's like yeah. Scooby Doo. They're like, sneak yeah. past the guard. It was like Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, how? How? Okay, whatever. It's fun. Yeah, it, it, that's what it was to me. The whole thing was just good 80s fun. To me, I would have, you know, thought this was iconic as a child. Um, but I, another part of our conversation I remember is us talking about how authentic it felt 80s-wise, like looking around their bedrooms and stuff, yeah. where it wasn't the Goldbergs, where it's mm-hmm. like, what, Ghostbusters? Like, it, they, the whole plot would be around some very obvious 80s reference, where this felt so authentically lived in 80s like the way the the pleats they use or the tupperware like it was all yeah. so and this it feels like there's less of that like it feels it like, feel like the new coke thing mm-hmm. it's like we're enjoying new coke. like what was that scene yeah it, was it stopped it was everything something co- for that kid to do it was did weird it was I was, some bombs, it took me know. out of the whole show like mm-hmm. what is happening right now he's, he's having doing an ad for new coke yeah but yeah it seemed there was a little bit less Authentic, authentication or something. I don't know. It is late. Um, <laughs> I very much... Uh, the music. Yeah, the mu- again, it's like music cue yeah. after music. Like, I don't know what their budget was for music, but it was... It was every episode had... You know, you could do a soundtrack for every single episode. But I, I like the, the stretching roles of these characters. Like, Elle and Max has a great relationship. Yeah! Um, it was neat when they introduced Max last year, you know, have more female presence on the show, but she was still kind of like the guy's obsession. Oh, she skateboards and plays video games. What a perfect girl. She was not her own sort of girl character. This this season allowed them to be girls and go to the mall and right. do a makeover. And, like, it was fun, but it's still every conversation was about Mike and what a jerk he was as a boyfriend. Like, yeah. I don't I don't think it passed the Bechtel test. Even having all these female <laughs> characters. Because everything was talking about the boys still. That was the one thing I noticed this year was how the kids talk to each other didn't feel very 80s at times. So. Yeah. Because they're getting I mean, older. It had, some, yeah. it had some great lines. But just how they interacted, I thought, I don't know if that was very you know exact on, on how kids interacted back then. Um, of course, Eleven had that great line of, I dump your ass. You're as cold as ice. <laughs> You're willing to sacrifice our love. Now can we play D and D? No. <laughs> so <laughs> crack me up. Um I like the stuff they let Winona Ryder do. You know, these first couple of seasons, she was just mom. Just grieving mom, scared mom, worried mom. And, like, now she gets to do more. She, mm-hmm. She's her own person in this one, and that's nice. 
But I, I've I've seen a couple things written about Hopper. This was either love him or hate him this year for Hopper. Some people really like he just yelled at everyone and like shot a bunch of people without provocation. And just like he was just on edge the whole season. And like there are people who really didn't like that. And there are people like that's Hopper. He's cool, whatever. So I, yeah, I don't know what what you. No, you like? I liked I liked Hopper a lot actually, um, because I would I could relate to some of that that dad stuff. You know, he doesn't know what he's doing, and especially being a single dad trying to raise a teenage daughter now, and and he doesn't know how to react or what the proper thing. But he gets stood up for a date. With you know, the world hanging in the balance, and just like he's mean to Winona the whole rest yeah. of the series, yeah. and it's like, and they also telegraphed his end pretty hard. Oh, like, yeah. oh, let's let's set a date for a future date. It's like, don't do that. One of you is not coming back. Come on. Yeah, but I I did I liked as product predictable as it was the letter at the end that Eleven finds and reads. I thought that was very sweet. That mm-hmm. was that hit pretty Proper, hard for me. Like, yeah just end it right there that's a great mm. end to that character and and their relationship and now they're gonna move on to another Hopper? town yeah you said that's a great end to him i said it would have been oh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah would have been a great end I was say, they that's pretty, where i would have much they pretty yeah. much killed yeah. that at the end yeah i, I would have ended it right there and mm-hmm. just left it right there as you know remember him at his best not at a Russian jail or whatever they have planned. Right. So, yeah. So there is an after credit scene. We see a new uh, Demogorgon in Russia. They have one. They've been feeding people to, and uh, which led into season the upcoming season five. I'm hearing they're possibly going to start four or four. Yeah. Um, and I thought they were going to do five seasons, but now they're people are saying maybe one more and they're done. But it's could possibly start filming as early as fall, so pretty quickly here. They want to try to get ahead of the kids aging as much as they can. Um, I, I something I read, no idea where this came from, but the that there was a possibility maybe David Harbor couldn't come back for the next season. It was like scheduling conflicts, so like mm-hmm. they might have left it a little open. Like if he doesn't come back, that's fine. Or we now have a you know an outlet to bring it back. That could again just be people talking out of their butts, but yeah. If nothing else, um, we got Dustin singing the theme to Neverending Story, which you guys may not have liked. I loved it. Talk about divisive moments. Um, the Neverending Story was. The one movie other than Star Wars that I loved to rent over and over and over as a small child. Uh, I, I could not get enough of that movie. I knew every knew it backwards and forwards. And I was able to avoid spoilers. I did not know that was going to happen. And it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was... I, here I am a week later... Still trying to get it out of my head. Well, by all means, go ahead and earworm us like you're dying to. No, it's all right. We can put it in later. <laughs> or we can play it. I'm ready for it. Turn Have you done the never-ending challenge? Look at what no. you see. What's that? <laughs> that uh, I think it was Millie Bobby Brown started it, like, playing that oh. music and then doing a silly dance she made up. And I saw... 
the woman who played the, the princess original. in the yeah. original movie, her and her daughters did it, and it was adorable. Very cute. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon did it with Stephen Colbert. Oh, they, they crossed over <laughs> late night shows. It was great. Yeah, I love that movie too. Even the, like, I think yeah, we had it on tape, and it was one of those ones. I, I acted like I didn't like it. It's like, <laughs> uh, stupid movie. I'm sick of watching that. Uh, I should probably watch it again. Like, yeah. I don't know. I thought I was too cool for it, but it's yeah, it was a very important part of my childhood. But again, that scene, as much as I want to love it, the scene didn't work for me. It ground everything to a halt. Mm-hmm. It, like this was really a tense moment the world hanging in the balance it's like Susie we got more important things darling we gotta go but as a scene like just taking it out of context it's, it's fun to watch it as like a YouTube clip I loved it just loved it so yeah so yeah I, I... and the you know minute and a half that took Hopper and Joyce could have very easily turn those keys, <laughs> save the day, and he'd still be alive, not in Russian prison. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. Susie. wasn't perfect in any way, but I highly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Every bit, all eight episodes, I thought it was a nice continuation from season two. Um, and and we, they didn't always try and recreate with these kids what they had before we're, we're growing and moving and we have new relationships and 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 you know th- somebody's finally smart enough to get the hell out of Hawkins <laughs> so yeah that's what I thought is that this this show it can last for 20 seasons and it will never be that first season no no, no that first no. season if you remember how how iconic those scenes were like the logo, the Stranger mm-hmm. Things logo. Everyone oh. was turning their profile yeah. pictures. Yeah. They're putting their names as the logo. Like that logo was everywhere. It was instantly iconic. You know, Elle and her yeah. little outfit with the socks, bald head, the egos. Mm-hmm. I, you immediately cosplayers were doing that. They still immediately. Are. Yeah. Uh, the the lights on the wall mm, the, the, the Christmas, Christmas lights, lights. Mm. that you know that was parodied and like that was immediately an iconic like horror moment in pop culture Dustin's hat the red white and blue hat <laughs> you saw that everywhere like even the look of the upside down and the weird looking face of the mm. like everything was new and fresh and like instantly timeless and iconic and then it'll never live up to that. So just I I, I enjoyed this season. Yeah, I, and I don't think I guess I didn't have I didn't expect it to be as good as one and two. I just didn't. It's been a, it's been like oh you know a little while since season two, and and I just you know went with it. I guess. And I, yeah, I like the characters well enough. I'll keep coming back whatever they do next. But I'm I'm yeah. There's. My expectations, I think, are fairly realistic mm. from what what's going to happen. So, yeah, I again, <laughs> we do nothing but complain about it. We only <laughs> we only tell you the stuff we didn't like, but we generally overall enjoyed it. Yes, that's it. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, uh, yeah. So, if you haven't already, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Leave a review, all that good stuff. Send us an email. 
let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, so we've had a lot of news here coming out with Comic-Con, so we've I'm sure we've got didn't cover a tenth of what's out there. But we're still going to take a little break next week, come back with a fun episode. You're not mm. going to want to miss next week. Uh, something we haven't done in a long time. Yeah, definitely. What if you hear, what if I said the word bracket? <laughs> A little teaser. A little teaser. We're doing a bracket, everybody. We're going to debate, and it's going to be fun. So please come back, and thank you once again. My name's Jordan. Hello. Cliff Barnes. I'm sad. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. Jimmy, show's in two minutes. Be right there. Steven. Steven, you there? Yeah, I'm here, Jimmy. I'm just trying on a new bandana. Tell you what, let's change frequencies. The writers listen to this one. That's better. What's up? Hey, I just want to wish you good luck this week. I know we're both back with new shows, so good luck. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Hey, man. Do you want to do that thing? Right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Turn around. Look at what you see. From Stranger Things. What? The thing from Stranger Things, the Stranger Things thing. Love that thing. <laughs> Why was he talking about Stranger Things? I don't know. Never seen it. Never, Never ending story. We can't play toys so, right now, Michael. Yeah. We have to do a podcast. So, so let's. Okay, we're talking about toys here. I have a question for you guys. Going back to the 80s, or even if you want to do 90s, what were your top. Let's say top five franchises that you had as a kid. Well, I know Michael's had to be Transformers number one. Yeah. Going back to our grandmother, that was my favorite toy in my memory. Was the Optimus Prime, some kind of ultra uh, vehicle mode where he combined with his trailer to become like the ultimate Optimus Prime. Um, and I had that toy forever. I can actually even remember like. When I was older, when I should not have been playing with toys, um, and I spray painted Optimus Prime like the silver, I had silver spray paint to go along with the uh, Transformer cartoon where he came back to life and he had like a special, this, I think it was gold. You were, I had, you were customizing toys back then. Yes. Before, I, you know, that was even a thing. Um, so yeah, definitely had to be Transformers for me. I had a lot of the He-Man toys. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's, I, I, I feel a little disdain in my voice. Like, every time we bring up toys, Cliff always had more toys than me. It's bringing back old jealousies. <laughs> but I will say, on a really funny note, uh, when we did live down in Florida, I was in first grade, 
I had, for one birthday, I got the kid car from Knight Rider, and it came with a Michael Knight f- figure. <laughs> and here's the funny part about it was I was out in our yard digging, because I think we lived in a trailer park at that time, and I uncovered a another Michael Knight figure in the dirt. <laughs> I, true story. So that became the evil Michael Knight. <laughs> I'm not lying here. That was story. like you from the future buried it, like so you as a kid would find it. Come along. I'd say my favorite is probably G.I. Joe, He-Man. Did, did you have any of the Thundercats? I did have some Thundercats. Thundercats. I did. I never had the full set. Like, yeah, they were kind of hard to come yeah, by around yeah. in this area, I think. When I when Thundercats were out, I lived in South Point. Obviously, as you can tell, I moved around a lot as a kid. But we lived in South Point, Ohio, when uh, Thundercats and Silverhawks were out. And I love Silverhawks. Another toy that Mr. Cliff had. He had the freaking big giant silver rock the ship. Jet, the ship yeah. That he didn't even like. And I was like, oh. but um, actually, I can remember. Maybe we were just poor growing up because I can remember building all the Thundercat weapons out of like paper and cardboard. And like, with, like see, I was I like, I, that's where all my creativity came from because right. I didn't get all the cool toys, so I had to create Michael's them out myself. digging in the dirt. <laughs> I had to find for more <laughs> toys. I had to dig up every toy I owned. <laughs> but I do remember like taking like a, a notebook of paper and like creating weapons and all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs>